All right, everybody. Today we're talking apartment buildings. Where do you find them? How do you fund them? How do you do the diligence? And some curveballs that'll come your way. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So sure hope you're doing well. Uh, you're in for a special treat here today. Um, it's going to be a repeat guest on the podcast and one of my coaching clients. And you probably have heard his name a couple times bantered around if you've been a subscriber to my podcast and you've been following along. So I'm going to keep the introduction for this one fairly short and sweet. Um, this was taken from a live broadcast that I've done. And it was a little while ago. It was funny. I was actually just going back through you know, interesting to note is I have terabytes and terabytes of hard drives sitting in my office here. I probably have about 15 terabytes of video files and audio files just kind of sitting there that haven't been distributed yet. So one of my mandates has always been, and this is as I get into a new year and we're getting into, you know, trying to get the message out to a larger audience and a bigger vision. You know, if you've been following along, uh, one of my goals is to inspire a million, one million real estate investors with the tools and resources to help you buy one more property. Now that one more property could be a condo, could be a townhouse, could be a new suite at home, could be a duplex, could be a fourplex, could be a sixplex, could be 11, 111, 1,011 unit apartment building. Each person has their one more property. I would consider this interview about what I would call maybe an introduction and a f some of the fundamental steps of buying an apartment building. Now, apartment building is a completely different animal. It's one of those ones that very few people just go into apartment building on their first transaction. Now, I'm not saying you can't, um, a lot of the times you actually have to build the reps. You have to build the uh, knowledge base. You have to build your team. You have to build your confidence to lead into acquiring an apartment building. And the person that I'm going to interview in this podcast has followed that formula, started with some single family houses, started graduating up from there, started getting looking into bigger deals. And the more bigger deals he looked at, he then started graduating into apartment buildings. And now he's looking at some very, very big projects. So lots of upside potential for this young man that you're about to listen to here. And as I have already mentioned, this is one of my coaching clients. And uh, the future is so bright for this young man. Uh, he and his family, um, they're people to watch. So if you haven't had a chance to follow Michael Bug um, out of Saskatoon, make sure you subscribe to his channel, make sure you follow what he's doing. He's just one of those, you know, and I, here's the thing is that in Saskatchewan, there's an, there's an old saying that we come from where I come from Saskatchewan and that's use good people. And, uh, Mike and Rosalie and their beautiful daughter, uh, these good people. And with all that being said, you know, we could go on and on and set this up, but I think we do a really good job of setting this up and diving deep into a transaction that Mike is doing. We go deep into the story. We go deep into the finding, the funding, how he raised the capital, some of the curveballs that came his way. Um, and I sure hope you enjoy this. And, you know, once again, guys, if you are enjoying it and you're getting some value 
and you're getting a tremendous amount of uh, content and how to tactical information and some mindset training. If you're getting that value, please share this message. Please leave a review. Please leave some feedback. Okay, guys, let's get after it. Please help welcome Mr. Michael Bob. An incredible guest that I'm about to bring on the call and the broadcast here live. And we're going to be talking about apartment buildings. This is an incredible story. And we're going to take a deep dive into finding apartments. How do you get the capital to uh, buy the apartment buildings? And also what happens when some big curveballs come your way in, in the negotiations. So guys, please welcome to the call Mike Bug from YXE Property Group. Mike, how's it going? Good, Russell. How are you today? Hey, Mike. Uh, you know you're, you're you're looking very scruffy there, brother. You know, you're, are you trying to get a few gray gray uh, gray uh, hairs in the beard? Uh, it's harvest season. You know, got to grow it out. Harvest time. time. So, so Mike, um, if anyone ever follows you, do you have your new hat prepared to throw into oh. the, into the combine? I haven't picked out this year's hat yet, I guess. No, I got to do that. Well, so That's if any a, of you are familiar, Mike throws in a, uh, at the end of the harvest. Well, you tell me the story. What do you do at the end of harvest, Mike? Well, I, I honestly, I don't know where this started from, uh, but ever since I was a kid, uh, at the end of harvest, we all throw our hat that we wore all harvest season through the combine and it beats it up pretty good. And I, don't, I, I think it's good luck. That's what we'll say. It's good luck. Right. So. Well, so Mike, you're obviously a prairie guy. So, it, you know, my last two Facebook lives have been with guys from Saskatoon. So as I mentioned in the last one, there must be something in the water out there in Saskatoon. What's 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 happening out in the Saskatoon marketplace? Well, yeah, I mean, we got a good group of uh, very active real estate investors um, kind of really feeding off each other, a very supportive group. And so when you get that, it's a pretty powerful combination. Um that's going on out here. So nice. now this is going on on my channel here, Mike. And so any of you guys, if you are watching it, come on in, hit that like, hit the heart button, um, share, leave a comment. If you want to ask a question, we will pipe in some questions into this feed as well. And I'll read them into Mike because he's unable to see them here. But Mike, for people that maybe aren't uh, familiar with you, can you give, uh, you know, the 30 second Coles notes version about who Mike is and what you're investing in and your area of expertise, brother. I'll try to keep it to 30 seconds. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. So as you mentioned, I am born and raised in Saskatchewan, grew up West of North Battleford. My formal university training is as a veterinarian. So I actually practiced uh, veterinary medicine for 10 years and we started investing in real estate in 2012 and then just a year ago, I just had my one-year anniversary of where I actually stopped being a veterinarian to invest in real estate full-time. And when we started, we were doing a lot of single-family homes with basement suites, uh, new construction, uh, infills was kind of our main thing. And then over the last year, we've started scaling up into multifamily. And so now multifamily, uh, kind of undervalued multifamily, so either under-renovated or under-managed would be our area of expertise. Nice, nice. Well, look at you, Mr. Segway. I'm just about to talk about apartment yeah. deals here. So, 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 Mike, you've, uh, you know, you would, you'd be the first one to say you're not the hundred percent expert on all things apartment deal buildings and and multifamily at this moment. But I tell you what, the action you've taken, the deals you've uncovered, the offers you've written, the diligence you've done, you've put yourself head and shoulders above a lot of people um, out there. 
And I think this is a really cool story that we're about to share about a, an active deal, a deal you're in right now, a deal that you have under contract right now. So this could not get any more real and could not get any more live. Okay, yeah. so there's a question in here. So here's the question. Um, how are you able to uncover some of these off-market um, apartment deals, uh, Mike, out there? When people are sitting there struggling to find deals, how are you able to get uh, multiple uh, opportunities on your plate? Yeah, you know, it kind of comes back. One of the first lessons I learned in real estate was becoming an area expert. Um, so we have our areas in Saskatoon. Saskatoon's our main market. And really, we're just so active in it that we're always around these buildings. And it's just watching for those like subtle clues, which ones are always advertising vacancies, which ones seem to be undermanaged. Um, and then we're trying to reach out to those vendors directly. So we're really looking for those off-market opportunities. Um, and then from that point, we've built out kind of a whole system of, I guess we'll call them touch points of getting in contact with them, trying to provide the vendor's value and being their first choice when they're re ready or looking to sell. Yeah, and yeah. I know some of the work that we did was we put together a fairly, you know, a fairly elaborate marketing campaign, really, of, uh, of that we put send out to people. And it's really information. It's just follow up. It's just really hustle and just hitting the streets, is it not, Mike? One hundred percent. Yeah, there's no there's no shortcut on it. Um, it's yielding like tremendous fruit. But it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Yeah, it's a I'm lot finding. of nurturing of the leads to get it over the finish line. But here, here's what. Let's put it this way. Um, you buy a 12-unit apartment building, one a year. Man, you just added another 12 units. And it, it's okay if it takes you three, four, five months, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and now we're at a point we've been doing it long enough. Deals are starting to show up almost weekly so it's really starting to get some momentum nice nice that's yeah. so it's when the when the work starts paying off that's when the the, the flywheel starts kicking in and the momentum starts yeah. going Good work. yeah all right yeah, so let's talk about the deal you have on the go right now so let's talk about negotiating so really what you've done is your marketing has uncovered uh, an opportunity in saskatoon in your target market now you have this property under contract um, what yeah. was it like um, negotiating directly with the seller as opposed to maybe through um, an, uh, a, a brokerage? Yeah, the, the main thing that jumps out to me is the amount of time it takes. Um, so when you're negotiating like through real estate agents, it's often a lot more direct. You'll go straight to a, like a written offer um, and then go back and forth fairly efficiently. My experience with these off-market deals when you're uh, chatting with vendors, it's much more of like a relationship and a conversation that forms. Um, so this particular deal, I, I, we probably met five or six times, each for like two hours um, chatting. And of that, probably only half an hour of it is actually chatting about the apartment building, building that relationship and kind of verbally discussing the terms of the deal. And then we didn't actually paper it until we had kind of already verbally agreed and were very close to the deal. Yeah. And you were able to, you know, pardon the term if people don't understand this, but you were able to uncover some black swans of information um, along the way uh, of negotiating when you're negotiating directly with the seller. You understood he needed to have some money by a certain period of time to pay out some yeah. taxes that, you know, fun stuff like that, right? You, you uncovered some really good information going direct, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's when you're going direct, really your first contact is just listening and trying to gather 
information. So never assume, right? Like price always jumps to the top of everyone's list. They think that's the be all and end all, but there's so much more to a deal. Uh, Like you need to know all of the terms and what does the vendor really hope to get out of this? Because it's not always price. Yeah. And you were able to negotiate some pretty good terms. So let's talk. That's actually the next point I'm going to talk about here is let's talk about some seller financing. So because you, you were negotiating directly, you were able to, to get some terms directly from the seller, were you not? Yeah, absolutely. He is like, we're putting a down payment down, but he's financing the rest of the deal. So we don't actually need to bring a bank in on this for step one of the process. So step one is he will finance the entire purchase over to our company. uh, And we ended up settling on a term of two years. We started it a bit longer than that. Um, but during the negotiations, he decided that he wanted to kind of whittle that down to two years. Yeah. So. And you you started off also with an, an agreement for sale that was proposed. And then you eventually settled on a vendor take back. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 I, I forgot about that, actually. Um, we went back and forth like vendor take back versus agreement for sale quite a few times. And that was challenging to educate the vendor on sort of the pros and the cons of that for him. Cause to be honest, I, I didn't really care which one we did as long as I could make the deal work, but it was sort of educating him on which would be beneficial to him. And so we flip flopped a few times, but we settled on a vendor take back. Yeah. Now this, this pro- uh, property that you're negotiating on, it's, it's free and clear. So the seller owns it free and clear. So he can have lots of flexibility. Um, yeah. but it's also, it has some challenges too. It's, it's, it's very uh, under rented and it's also quite vacant, isn't it? Yes. And this, this is a, a common theme I'm finding. Um, I mean, this guy has done very well financially. He he's owned lots of rentals and he's just kind of at a point, uh, I guess in his career, we'll call it where uh, maybe he's a little tired of hustling. So he self manages this and he's happy to just sort of let the, the building sit more vacant than it maybe should just to minimize his headaches. So. Yeah. yeah, and he's also doing all the renovation work himself. He's doing, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I think, would you tell me that it's some like eight or nine of the units? How many units is it first and foremost, Mike, first? Uh, it's an 11-unit building. And I think currently he has three of 11 rented. Yeah, so, so. so here's the thing. The guy is probably, he's probably covering his costs, making a little bit of money, but three units rented out of 11 for somebody to come in and buy it and get financing, that just ain't going to work. Yeah, there was really the only options are cash deal or he holds all the financing. Like they're getting getting conventional or CMHC financing right out of the gate uh, wouldn't wouldn't work with three out of 11 rented. So so great segue into what's your plan with this property? Um, if it goes forward, and we got a couple other things we're going to talk about here about some curveballs. Um, what's yeah. your plan with this property, Mike? So the plan is uh, enter into the vendor take back. We have a two-year term to turn the building around. So by 18 months in, I hope to have that building uh, fully renovated, fully rented, and also increase the rental rates so that we can start our financing sort of process and then move into CMHC financing when we hit that two-year term. And that'll be our exit out of the vendor take back. Nice, nice. So, so, but in order to do that, you have to put up some money down and I imagine you'd have to have some money set aside for some renovations and all that kind of wonderful stuff. Is that correct? 
Yeah, you bet. We've already got uh, had some contractors through, got some quotes back, so we have the money for everything. We're we're kind of ready to rock there. Okay, so ballpark. What kind of capital do you need to close and do the work to to get this deal done? Uh, this one will be about three hundred thousand, and that was one of the sort of uh, we'll call them sticky terms that he had. Is he really needed two hundred and fifty thousand upfront? Uh, and that's what you had mentioned there. He has some income tax that he wants to pay out. We tried to negotiate that down, but ultimately he was more willing to compromise on the overall price than that 250 down. So we're fine with that. We have that capital and we're going to get that back when we move over to CMHC financing. Nice, nice. Well, and that's the yeah. point in the negotiation is if I know what they really, what they need, right? Not what they want, but yeah. what they need and potentially make an offer so you can help them out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so I ask this question always a little bit of tongue in cheek. So ballpark, you need three hundred thousand dollars. So Mike, you have three hundred thousand dollars sitting in your checking account right now. I'm and not if currently. You do, no, I can yeah. help you out with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- yeah, that's always the the challenge is the capital to keep these deals going. So how were you able to come up with three hundred thousand dollars? Like it's funny when sometimes I ask people to tell this story. And go, oh yeah, we just need three hundred thousand dollars, and then some people just gloss that over, and everybody's sitting there watching. Go, well, how the heck do you come up with three hundred thousand bucks? So maybe dive into a little bit. Yeah, of Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it'll sound simple, but it's been about a year or so of all the back work. So the same idea as finding off-market deals when we're looking for investors. It's all about relationships and building those relationships. So uh, this particular deal, we are partnering with, um, he's actually uh, like a classmate of mine from back in university. We had been in touch over the last several months, um, and they had kind of expressed interest in doing something like this. And so when this deal, once we officially signed the paperwork on this deal, they were actually my first phone call. And it was less than 24 hours, we had all the money. Um, so we have kind of those people in line for the, for deals as they come up. Um, so it takes some of that stress off. Yeah. So you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You've been, you've been building your pipeline out for more than a year, like truly. And I can attest to this guys, like Mike and I went to a conference in Regina together. You know, I was sitting there sleeping and Mike was out going, meeting his buddies and talking about raising capital. And he was networking and schmoozing down at the bar. Sorry, Rosalie, but Mike. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because that is this guy. Right. Well, there you I, go. I, so, for, I forgot about that. That is the, it's the same person. Yeah. That was the person you had that meeting with on that one night when I was, you know, I was yeah. sleeping and you were out networking, right? Yeah. See, I was networking, not just <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> I, there was a beer or two in that meeting too. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there, there, there probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so suffice it to say, um, you've you've actually started building up a port, um, a group of people that are waiting for these kind of deals to come down the pipe, right? But it hasn't been yeah. easy. It's been a lot of work in that process, has it not? Oh yes, yeah, lots of work. But I mean, it's fun work. It's all relationship building, which I really enjoy. But it takes time. All right, guys. So if you're coming in here, you know we've got our hey, Jerry. Jer- Good to see you, Yerick. Yerick from Calgary is, is jumping on. He just says, hello, gentlemen. So welcome here, Yerick, guys. If you are jumping in, make sure you hit that thumbs up button or the heart button and jump, ask a question. If there's something you want to hear from Mike and myself, we'd be happy to help out in the process. Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about a little bit. So so you've you've got the capital, you've got the deal, you negotiated all the terms. So now you still have the property under contract and you're in the due diligence phase. Um, yes. 
Talk to us about the whole diligence and the due diligence you're doing on this property right now. Yeah, so this one is interesting because there's no bank involved in step one. So, I mean, in theory, we could have just signed the paperwork and I own the property and away we go. But I knew my exit plan was CMHC financing in two years. So I did all of the due diligence that I would need to do in two years up front. Um, so some of the key things there is like the complete building inspection, which you would do that anyway, but I had a third party come in. Uh, the phase one environmental was another big one. And I knew I didn't need those right now, but I knew I would need them down the road. Yeah. And I know where we're going with this. And that turned out to be one of the, the, the biggest lessons that I can share with anyone is always do your due diligence. Well, well, what's the funny thing you have to share about when you mentioned to the seller you were going to do a phase one environmental? What was what happened there? Yeah, like the, the quick comment from him was that it's a waste of money. He's, he's why why would you do that? Um, and the short answer to why I would do that is because that's I've been told always do a phase one. Um, and I was kind of stuck to my guns and I was like, well, you know, don't worry about it. Like if there's no issues, it's not a problem. And we're going to do it because I need that down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So lo and behold, guys, you probably know where this story is going to go. Talk to me about what happened from the phase one. Yeah. And you know, it's funny when I was meeting the contractors there to get some quotes on the building, I was like, yeah, like it's basically a done deal. We just need the phase one, but there's no way that's going to fail. So we're, we're moving forward. And we kind of laughed about it. And then lo and behold, uh, we've, it's failed the phase one environmental and it failed because there is a mall nearby and in the, for five years in the 1960s. And then for five years in the 1970s, there was a dry cleaner in this mall. And then I, I had been chatting with the company and the key element was, was it a retail dry cleaner? Like where you just drop your clothes off or did they actually clean clothes there? Um, they weren't able to determine that. And so they have to take sort of the, the worst case scenario approach and failed the environmental based on the fact that there was a dry cleaner, like whatever that is, 30, 40 years ago. Wow. So good yeah. thing you did that first phase, because I, I guess the ramification is if it would have failed the phase one and you would have went to go to get CMHC financing, you would have not got financing 18 months from now, would you have? 100% Russell. Like I got to say, like the amount of work it takes to bring these deals to this point, when I got that report, I was so disappointed because I, it's like, man, this was the final hurdle. Um, but really in hindsight, it was the best thing ever. Cause I just, if fast forward 18 months, we've got to pay out a, a, a vendor take back and I get that report 18 months from now, things are far more stressful than they are now. I mean, right right now we have flexibility. Um, We've extended conditions and we'll just deal with it. So really the key thing is the guys know your, know your back door, know the exit strategy before you actually get in the front door and take all the steps before you get in the front door to make the back door exit smooth as possible. Well, yeah, 100%. You got to know your exit and start planning from it right from the start. Well, well done, man. You're, you're, you're just rocking it there, brother. So, so oh, well, yeah. how did the, have you delivered the news to the seller? Yeah. So we've, yeah, it, it, it kind of shocked both of us. Um, I mean, it, it is a big deal, but it's also not right. Like it, it definitely puts the brakes on things and we've had to extend our conditions, but I mean, it's a solvable problem. You move to phase two, 
Um, I mean, from our standpoint, if it fails phase two, then this is a dead deal. Um, and, and so really all we can do at this point is see what that comes back as. And, and quite honestly, sometimes if it, let's say it fails, it failed phase one, it phase, fails phase two environmental, sometimes the deals you don't do are the best deals you could have done. Yeah, already this deal is a winner just on that lesson of like, never take a shortcut on your due diligence. Yeah. I imagine how much how much more confidence does your money partners feel with you doing doing this work for them too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've we've chatted about it and like like they're, they're pumped about it because it's like everything was done right. So, you know, this is one of those things. Stuff comes up. Nice. Well, we actually have, oh, hey, Charles, Chuck. Charles Reynolds out in Ontario, fantastic real estate investor. He's also a multifamily investor out in Ontario, Mike. He's a guy that you should get to know if you ever do get a chance. Um, he asked the question, what sort of cap rates are you finding out in Saskatoon right now? Yeah, that is a great question. We could do a whole video on that. Um, so Saskatoon like really depends, obviously, at location. Uh, for simplicity, you can break the city down like east and west, even though that that sort of stigma has re is really changing. There's some really great like West side pockets in Saskatoon. Um, but for easy, easy math, we'll say like, I like to look for a six cap on like East side buildings, uh, West side buildings. I would want to be a bit higher, maybe a seven or an eight. If we're getting into those like eight, nine, 10 caps, those aren't areas that I'm going to be investing in anyway. Um, and then if we're playing a bigger game, like if we're talking, sort of concrete towers, like large apartment buildings, those can trade more in the five, five and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. so ballpark, you know, based upon your, you know, sorry to put you on the spot here, but based on your initial estimates, if you were to buy this place and it all go through and you're able to get CMHC financing down the road and you're able to get the rents up to what you believed was the conservative level um, yeah. What kind of value add would you add to the property? Would you get a lot of your down payment back? Like, what is the end goal that we, you would get out of this property if it all goes the plan? Yeah. So this one, the the plan here is to get as much. So that three hundred thousand that we mentioned, which was to purchase it, um, we're gonna have to put a bit of renovation money in. Home run is we get all of that money back. So two years from now, we've refinanced and we have zero dollars left in the deal. I don't know if we're going to land there, but it'll be very close. Um, and so one of the things we don't know, because Saskatoon's in a really interesting spot rental-wise right now. So part of the plan is we're actually going to renovate a few units, like full stop, like full like kitchen, bathroom, paint, see where the rents can come in. And then if that sort of domino falls and we can really push the value, then we'll knock down the rest of the units. Um, but if we're not getting the rents we want, then we're going to lower our rental budget and just take the take sort of the 950, stay right under that thousand dollar rent mark. And then this deal becomes all about speed and velocity of money, just money in, money out, move on to the next one. Wow. You're like, yeah. you're 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 warming my heart with all these terms <laughs> and things that you're using. You're you're, you're just kicking yeah. ass. Sorry. Sorry for the language, guys. I'm just very proud of what Mike has done on. And Andrew, you did all the work. You've just amazing with a lot of the work that you've put into this and, and how you learn by doing. You're an instant implementer. We, we would sit there and we would chat on the phone. Mike, here's an idea. Here's a concept. And next week we chat. It's like, Russell, it's done. What's next? Right. So I'm just very proud of all the work you're putting in. Yeah. Brother. 
Yeah, thank you. Well, let's talk about, so Mike, uh, you're just like me sometimes. Sometimes when someone gives you a compliment, you have to say thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about some curveballs. Um, so you've had a few curveballs in this deal and nothing ever goes according to plan, even though you've got an amazing plan in place. How, do you, how would you give some um, tips and advice and some strategies to people if some curveballs happen when they're out there investing in real estate? So sometimes you just got to take a step back. Um, you know, what was really interesting sort of quick story is I had a call Monday night with a group I'm part of, and I had to deliver my, my net worth statement. We do this every once in a while. And I was discouraged by this deal, but part of my net worth statement preparation, I had to go update all my statements and mortgage pay down. And Rosalie and I were sitting there and we're like, this is why we do it because we hadn't updated it in probably six or eight months. And so you're seeing these, these, this mortgage pay down across a whole portfolio of property. And it's like, sometimes you can get so into the day to day and then you hit a little curveball, you get really discouraged. But when you step back, like real estate really works if you stick with it. Right. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. So guys, if you're still online, make sure you jump in. If you have any questions or any comments, please jump in. Make sure you hit that th thumbs up button or the smash that heart button as many times. Or if you are watching this and maybe someone is interested in investing in apartment buildings and getting started on that, share it with, share it with people within your network. So lots of cool things from there. So before we do head off here, Mike, could you share with me, uh, you know, if anyone's interested in maybe having a conversation with you, reaching out, talking about the Saskatoon Marketplace, or reaching out and talking to you about your experience about investing in. You're, you're also a, a very knowledgeable investor on new construction homes as well, new construction single family, and also on converting and, or sorry, correct my saying here, transitioning uh, underperforming apartment building. So where would someone be able to get a hold of you? Yeah, so we have a website. It is yxerealestategroup.com. Um, I'm most active on Facebook, again, under YXE Real Estate Group. I'm new to Instagram just as myself personally, but any of those channels would work. Yeah, I, I would say, Mike, you are probably the millennial who is the least technical savvy millennial I have ever met in my life. 100%. Yeah. I can't, he's, can't he's argue like with that. Mike's old school. He's got it. He's got the binders and I he's do. got paper and he's writing in journals. So he's, he's, he's not the typical millennial. No. No, I'm not. All right. So before we before we sign off here, Mike, would you give uh, maybe just some quick final words of inspiration for people if they're out there and they're maybe looking to to jump into this journey of real estate investing uh, on and you maybe have some some uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with some people before we sign off? Okay, you're putting me on the spot with that, but um, I, I don't know if this is words of wisdom or inspiration, but just speaking from someone who has been an employee. Uh, and kind of had to do the like nine to five grind, we'll call it. And then now transitioning to the other side, the thing that still shocks me is I still can't believe people get to live this way. Like I get to wake up Monday morning, set my own agenda and every day is like that. Now it certainly comes with challenges, but man, is it worth it? So if someone is sort of sitting there on the cusp of, do they take the plunge and start investing or not? the end result will be worth it. So maybe hopefully that's encouraging or inspiring to people. Oh, absolutely. So, so guys, what I wanted to do 
Um, oh, here's a comment just came in from Sharon. Sharon says, thanks for the info and the inspiration. I'm brand new and getting educated. So Sharon, well done. You've come nice. to the right place. Keep sticking on this channel. I'm actually going to make a commitment uh, to do a weekly show and, and, and showcase amazing people like Mike Bug, who's, who's part of the uh, Raising Capital Academy He's one of uh, my coaching clients as well. That and just showcase some of the deals that people are doing with the whole avenue to inspire others to share with people what uh, what is possible. Um, before we do sign off, Mike, I just wanted to just acknowledge you for a second. I want to acknowledge you and just uh, give you some kudos on how you show up. Um, from when we first met, geez, we'll be coming on two years this October. I think. I, believe. I, I think so. Yeah. You were, you know, you were hobbling along and you had a little bit of a broken leg almost, right? You, you know, you're yeah. on the crutches and you were a little bit broken. And when I first met you, you were, you know, you were, you're struggling and you're having some challenges. You were wondering what was next. The progress you have made from that day to who you are now, Mike, I don't even recognize the person I'm talking to anymore. And I'm just want to acknowledge how you show up and the hard work you've put in and who you've become, and you're now becoming a leader, and you're sharing with other people out there the, the, how to do this journey. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, one more comment here, and just pipe this one in here. Oh, Charles, there he is. Russ, great questions. Larry King kind of style, a real say. Michael, great <laughs> info on your experience for multifamily. Keep up the great work. Russ, we're transitioning to some executive short-term rentals in, in Toronto and We'll keep you posted. So, Charles, look forward to having you on one of these broadcasts as well. Okay, guys, I hope you got some value from this. If you got some value, share it out. Share it out within your network. Talk to other people. Um, I'm going to leave you, Mike, with the last word. Is there one, one final thing you want to share before we end off today? Um, I mean, honestly, it's a thank you back to you, Russell. I mean, like I've been around the space long enough. Um, and yeah, you're the real deal with your like Academy and, and, and your training. Um, everyone has to find kind of what works for them, but if people are hanging around your sort of social media, they're in good hands. Well, you know what? My number one value is to serve. And I, I actually get more excited about other people winning than myself winning. I really truly yeah. do. That's doing profiles like this with a guy that's just kicking butts. I could do this each and every day. As a matter of fact, maybe we'll do it at least once a week and continue on from there. Nice. All right, guys. So we're right about that half hour mark. Thank you for joining us. And we'll look forward to talking to each and every one of you on the next show. Bye for now. Hey, what did you think of that? Wasn't that an incredible dive, fundamental dive into uh, apartment buildings. Incredible story. And I know that um, Mike is just getting started. He's analyzing apartment buildings all the time. And each of every one of the ones he's next analyzing is just a little bit of a bigger deal. I would consider this deal that we talked about in this one would be, like I said, in the intro, it was a beginner introduction foundational transaction to do. Plus, it's also within Mike, what he's looking at, it is 100% a, you know, what I would call a starter apartment building, because he is now starting to look at bigger deals, bigger properties, bigger apartment buildings, and starting to scale his 
business. Okay, everybody, a um, couple things I want to just leave off with before we do. Number one is always is please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave some feedback. Please share this message. And then the last one I want to leave you with is um, probably where you're going to be listening to this If you are interested in maybe hiring a coach, if you're interested in getting some help, maybe you're feeling a little bit stuck, maybe you just want to take your business up to the next level, maybe you need to transition from maybe a single family or a condo or a townhome into an apartment building, um, I I would highly encourage you to reach out and have a conversation with myself. Um, I have fantastic success with a lot of my coaching clients. It's interesting to note as as the time of I'm recording this, this, uh, my coaching clients, I've, you know, I made notes of this is they're, they're in active deals right now, probably over 350 units. Plus, if we now consider some of the ones that are doing self storage, um, we're well over 500 units of active deals that the coaching clients are doing. So if you guys are interested in growing and scaling your business, and even if you're interested in just getting started, I would love to have a conversation with you to see if coaching is a fit. And if there's something that I can maybe help you point you in the right direction. I have a very good diagnostic and a very good process to help people start their start the journey or to scale it up to the next level. Okay, with all that being said, wherever you're listening to this, probably somewhere around the audio um, on the player that you're listening to, there will be some form of a link to click on a consultation. You click that on, there's no obligation. I will walk you through a diagnostic of how I can potentially help you. But most importantly, it's a blueprint for you to move forward with the next step that's appropriate for you. So if you're interested around this, there will be a link for a consultation. I encourage you to take advantage of it because these are limited spots and I may start charging for these consultations because I've had wonderful feedback that people say that, uh, you know, I'd be willing to pay for that consultation based upon the information that I received and the next steps in the process and the blueprint that people get. Okay, guys, with all that being said, have yourself a wonderful day. Make sure you share and subscribe. And until the next one, remember, always, 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 always leave people feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.